They're talking about it, right? It's impacting them on a day-to-day basis. But how do we get other people to understand um, that issue, right? And it shouldn't take so much, but it seems like we've been knocking down the door around the the sanitation issue in Lowndes County for 10 years almost. Welcome in, kids. It's uh, another fine week of your favorite political podcast, Alabama Politics This Week, with Josh Moon and David Purcell. I felt like I was a little off on that. Like I was up Did and you? down. My, 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 my emphasis was a little off on things. Do you want to do but it then, again? Or? No, I don't care that much. Well, um, so, right. yeah, yeah, no, I mean... The people know. They, I mean, they, they logged into the podcast. They clearly know who we are. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, really, you just do it now because it's a habit, um, uh-huh. uh, or or you know, it's the form, I guess. A good habit. A good habit. Yeah, it's a good habit. It's a good habit. It's uh, how's the week going so far for you? Man, I tell you, this is a good week. It's a busy week, but a good week. How about you? Nice, nice. Not too bad. Not too bad. It has been uh, been a little busy over here as well, but it, it has been a good week. We've uh, we've done all right. Uh, it's uh, you now. You're heading out because you've got uh, you've got big awards coming your way, right? Well, uh, well, we're nominated. Uh, Finding uh-huh. Tamika has been nominated for a Dupont Columbia Award, which is one of the the biggest prizes in uh, broadcast journalism. But we're up against, I mean, you know, 60 Minutes and some other major, major entities. So, uh-huh. again, it's for me and I think for the for the rest of us, Erica, and the rest of the team, it's about the nomination, you know? Sure. Well, yeah. but, I mean, that's, you know. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Where, 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 did, where did our podcast rank? Did, did, we, did we get an invite? <clears throat> I did not see <laughs> I think maybe got lost. Yeah. <laughs> I did not see our podcast. Oh. But. I think maybe Though, we just forgot. Though I, I think our podcast has been overlooked. I think it's right. been overlooked. No, congrats on that. You're right. Thanks, it man. is. It is one of those things where you say it's just an honor to be nominated. It yeah. is an honor to be nominated. I mean, because it, it means you're you're one of the best. And uh, uh, and and that podcast was fantastic. It really, Thank really you. was. Thank um, you. you know, even though you cheated on me to do it, but that's fine. Uh, so. <laughs> uh, all right. So this week around here. Um, there's um there's been a handful of things going. On. Well, you you prisons or gambling? What you want to start with? Uh, I think we should start with gambling. Okay. Um, yeah, because I think um I think that's something that uh, there's a to me there's an urgency about that. I mean, there's a, not to say that there's not an urgency about prisons too, but I think the prison thing, unfortunately, I'm just not optimistic based on the current tone of the legislature i'm not optimistic that uh you know we can we can we can push on that but i don't expect to see much progress i think there's actually a chance that if we push on the on the gambling thing and you did a great job of that with your column i think we can maybe see some forward progress if we just keep pushing i mean we've we're getting it's like we're it's almost like uh in football when you know you're like inches from a first down, you know mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. we're inches from a first down on gambling. I, you know, I I I, I don't disagree with you. It's just mm-hmm. that um, 
it's it's almost like a, a Lucy with a football kind of thing uh, mm. on this. You know, uh, I've seen it a lot of times where we walk this thing right up to the line and and we just never can quite punch it across. And, uh, you know, so this this week, the the, the news is, uh, is that Green Track closed its doors. Uh, Green Track is one of the oldest uh, uh, paramutual facilities and paramutual, basically dog racing, uh, you know, some dog racing, horse racing, that sort of thing. And, um, and, uh, they've, they've been around since the seventies and they closed their doors, uh, because of a recent ruling by the Alabama Supreme court that was, uh, it's, it's just atrocious. I, I can't even begin to describe how uh, atrocious the, the ruling was on the taxes that green track should be paying, uh, Two lower courts and the tax tribunal both said, no, they shouldn't have to pay these taxes. Uh, the Alabama Supreme Court came over the top of them uh, and essentially took up issues that were not argued in a lower court, which is a no-no, which doesn't happen. That, that's not that's outside the bounds. Uh, but they did it anyway because they're the Alabama Supreme Court and who's going to stop them and uh, decided essentially that, yeah, Green Track needs to pay this tax rate. They need to pay uh, this rate in which they taxed credits, which. So let me let me just explain this the, the idiocy of this and I may have done it before but if you go into a casino and you put a dollar in a machine whatever machine you're playing uh, and you win ten dollars right and it comes to you in credits in the form of credits on the machine and so then you just sit there and you play the that ten dollars out and you lose that ten dollars well the way the Alabama Supreme Court set this up and the way the uh, revenue at the time back in the Bob Riley days, and this was the goal was to shut them down by, by implementing this tax system that was going to make it uh, unprofitable to play these games. And so the tax system that they wanted to put in place that the Alabama Supreme court now said should be in place is you tax them on the dollar that was put in and on the $10 worth of credits. So you're taxing them on $11, right? You're taxing the casino on $11 yet the casino does not get to count the ten dollar loss. Yeah. yeah. So so you're 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 like you know they've only actually gained a dollar out of this, and so they and then they're they're gonna but they're taxing them on eleven dollars and uh, and they never got to count the ten dollar loss. And so when you start totaling up all these taxes, it essentially left the green track paying a, a tax rate higher than a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And uh, which, you know, I don't know if you all y'all know much about math, but what little <laughs> I know, y- you can't run a business if the no. taxes are more than the profits. Yeah. Um, so so they, they closed and um, I'm, I don't know what's what's going to go down there uh, with them or, or what's going to happen with the other casinos in Greene County. They swear to me. Uh, at the revenue department that they're going to tax them the same as they're taxing the black owned casino, but we shall see. Um, in the meantime, victory land in Macon County uh, has also had to lay off uh, dozens of employees as well uh, because they of a, of a separate ruling uh, that upheld a nuisance lawsuit filed by Steve Marshall uh, against the electronic bingo machines that are being played in, in that County. And you know what, and what I wrote today was essentially this, you know, we've, we've vilified, uh, the folks at Green uh, Track and at Victory Land, uh, and that's Nat Wynn at Green Track, and that's Lewis Benefield now was Milton McGregor at Victory Land, uh, and, and and treated them as though they were somehow 
the evil godfather-like villains in this, you know, that they're they're, 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 the, they're the casino bosses pulling the strings, baby. Uh, you know, when in reality, what took place here is they were running these businesses that were very successful. They were running dog track businesses. And all of a sudden, the folks in, in Mississippi started operating casinos. And all, the people that used to come down 85 uh, just sped right on past, you know, victory land and went down to the coast in Biloxi and, and played those games. And, and the same cut off all the flow of people from Mississippi that were coming over and playing games. And, uh, and so the, they, like anybody thought, well, we need to, we need to figure out a way to compete with this. We're running a business. It's, I mean, it hell if they were selling lamps and yeah. somebody started selling better lamps. It's the same concept. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just because we're talking about gambling doesn't make it any different. And so they started trying to figure out ways to compete with electronic games and things that would fit underneath Alabama's laws. And the one thing that fits underneath Alabama's laws, because we have bingo allowed in this state at various places, and we do, we have Mm -hmm. bingo amendments in various counties around this state that allow for the games to be played. The federal government has ruled that electronic bingo is also bingo. And so, therefore, you can play electronic games on Native American lands because the federal government recognizes it as uh, uh, you know, the same game. Right. You're not playing in slot machines. And so that's what the folks at Green Track and the folks at Victory Land wanted to do. And they went out and went through the constitutional amendment process. And they got the legislature, legislature to approve bingo amendments for their counties, knowing full well that those bingo amendments meant that they were going to play these electronic games. That was the whole fight. That was the whole argument yeah. at the time. Yeah. Then they went to the to the people in their counties and said, hey, uh, these are the games that we want to play. We would like for you to approve this bingo amendment. By greater than 75%, the people approved it mm-hmm. in those counties. Mm-hmm. And then the Alabama Supreme Court and Bob Riley and all these other people that were against it came in and and they made up laws to stop it. Uh, they made up laws that are unique <clears throat> to Alabama in defining bingo, and they passed these things through the Supreme Court. Didn't go through the legislature to pass the laws. Right. Essentially made up the laws, right. defined bingo in a certain narrow way yeah. through the court system that, that outlawed this stuff. And that's been the whole fight ever since. And, and you know, and, and like I said, we, you, you, we've tried to vilify these people yeah. uh, for just, you know, competing. Well, and, and it's, and it's uh, to me, it's sort of a, a distinction without a difference. I have, I have, uh, I don't, I don't gamble. That's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have any problem with people gambling. You know, I think, you know, people have a right to, if they want to gamble, they have a right to gamble. Right. Um, <clears throat> but I have been inside casinos. And, um, and in fact, I, I went to one of the ones, it may have even been one of the ones we're talking about, uh, that's uh, down there in uh, Lowndes, the Lowndes County area, uh, just yeah, off Whitehall. the highway. Um, Whitehall, uh, yeah, I think it's in the Whitehall area. Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, I know Center Star, I believe, is the name of it. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah, See, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, yeah I don't, I've been in, I've been in all of them, man. Okay. I, I mean, and I'm not, so, a, I'm not a big, I don't really care for that style of gambling. I gamble, but yeah. I'm, I'm more of a poker uh, kind of a guy. So, so I'll tell you this, Josh. When I went in, and I've been in other casinos. I've been in casinos in Delaware and Jamaica and some other places. You know, uh, just just to see, you know, and, and maybe I spent five dollars, you know, or something yeah. like that. Um, I can't tell the difference. Yeah. I mean, I just I honestly I walked in and it just looked like every other casino I've ever yeah. been in. Yeah. So to me, it's a yeah. distinction without a difference in the first place. This whole argument 
where we're trying to, you know, sort of create a little space for Alabama, you know, uh, within narrow legal confines, it doesn't make any sense to me. It all looks the same. What difference does it make if it's a slot machine or not? I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't seem to make any difference. You know, the same people that are going to play a slot machine apparently are the same people that I saw sitting in Whitehall in this darkened, big, huge, cavernous room playing Mm -hmm. on these machines. I mean, you know, they're just going to play whatever they're going to play. You know, so why are we why are we creating this this big illusion about what is acceptable gambling and what is not acceptable gambling? Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, well, it's it, it. You know, I think it gets into the into the morals. You know, alleged morals, anyway. Of, what? Of so a slot machine is immoral, but bingo well, isn't. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. What it's kind of dumb. Sense does that make? And, and, you know, if you actually want to get, you know, because I've done all this, I've, I've looked into this research and done a lot of stories and written about this, and and I would venture to say, among media people, I probably know as much as anybody about the gambling issue in this state. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, you know, and if you want to get right down to it. Uh, in reality, in reality, you would be better off having the slot machines than you would the uh, electronic bingo machines because there are regulations that are placed upon slot machines that aren't necessarily on electronic bingo machines, and you have a much greater chance as a uh, as a player of winning those games. But uh, you know, regardless, um, you know, it, it just what they're trying to do. I mean. They're, they're trying to fit underneath this law, you know, and, and so I understand, you know, from the casino point of view of this, what they were trying to do. They were trying, and it really, that's the whole point of this whole thing. It's like, you know, they, they call them, oh, well, they're, they're illegal gambling. Dude, if they were really wanting to illegal gamble at those places, they would just go and put slot machines in the damn things, you know, and, and, and run, you know, illegal games out the backside somewhere. Uh, but they're not. They're trying to fit within these confines that, that they say are okay and, and they're using federal law uh, that, that says it's okay for the Native Americans, which the Porch Creeks are operating three, casino, yep. three casinos in this state, yep. and, and nobody disputes their, their legal right to do so, okay? They've tried, but nobody, nobody disputes it right now. These are the same games. They're the same games that are being played at these other casinos right now. And, and so, uh, you know, it's just, you're right, it's idiotic, to to the, the to the lay person that goes at whoa I mean it looks like a slot machine I and mean, it looks like we're in a casino what the hell are we doing here you know <laughs> right. where are the tables why can't I play a little blackjack you know I mean it's you know yeah. I mean that's what yeah. that's what the normal person thinks and and you know if you really start to just take a step back and I guess maybe you know I have this like you know realistic brain I guess you know that, mm-hmm. I, I just I can't uh, it, it's hard for me to get outside of of the realism and stuff and and just. Uh, it, things have to make sense to me, and if you if you really take a step back from this and, and just think about what we're you know what we're doing, how is this really that much different from football? You know, yeah. uh, from college football. I mean, this that people, people go to on. college. Yeah, yeah. People, well, I'm mean, not even betting. I'm talking about just going to college football games. Okay. Oh. I mean, you hmm. you go and you spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars to go to these things. You know, you, oh, I, I mean, no matter what you do, you, you know, you're going to pay for the parking, you're going to pay for the tickets, you're going to pay for the food, you're going to pay for the hotel, you're going to pay for to go to this thing or whatever. You know, pay for the program, pay for the uh, the shaker, pay for this or that. And so you're and it's all for entertainment. You're not going to get anything back. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not getting any of that money back. And so so you're you're going to pay hundreds and thousands. Thousands of dollars, you know, some people tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to go to these things to be entertained 
And that's the same that's happening in a casino. Yes, can people get carried away? Can you have problems? Of course you can have problems, Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, But we've got gambling in this state. Well, that's my already gambling. And see, that would be my point to the people who say, well, what about the addicts? And I'm real sensitive to that. I understand addiction very well. It it is it it definitely has affected my family as it has affected millions of families around this country. But yet I would still say when it comes to addiction and gambling addiction, um, the people that are going to gamble who have an addiction problem, if they have not addressed their issues and and they're going to be out there gambling, whether or not this state has casinos or a lottery mm-hmm. or, or whatever, isn't going to matter. They'll find a yeah. way to gamble. You know, they yes. can gamble without any of us ever knowing it. Especially yep. now with the internet. Yes. I mean, it's just, oh. you know, yeah. to me, that ship has sailed so far down the river that I, it's, a, it's a wonder we're even talking about it, really. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and you know, and, and I've argued for a while, too, that the, the comprehensive thing that we're that has been talked about, because um, there is a comprehensive bill that would put uh, that would ba- essentially legalize um, four locations uh, around the state uh, and. Uh, well, I guess technically five locations around the state, plus the Porch Creek facilities uh, that are already operating. Um, and, and we turn them into cas- full casinos and allow them to build up resorts at, at those casinos to make destination spots. It'd be uh, the, the Victory Land, uh, Green Track, uh, Birmingham Race Course, uh, Mobile Greyhound Park. Um, then there would be a fifth location up in, in Northeast Alabama that the Porch Creeks would also own. And uh, then there are three facilities that are in Atmore, Montgomery, um, and Wetumpka. Uh, so, so you would have all of those, uh, you know, destination type places uh, that people could go to to gamble. And, and my argument has always been, if you do that, and then you put in a regulatory agency uh, to, to control gaming in this state, make sure that it's licensed and we have clear laws and clear felony laws uh, for for operating games outside of that, then you're going to probably cut down on the amount of gambling that's happening in this state right now. Uh, because there, I mean, it's all over the place. Jefferson County, there, there, there are probably six or seven locations right now in Jefferson County where you can go and play electronic bingo games. Um, some of which are uh, owned and operated by family members of the sheriff. <laughs> There. So, oh, really? uh, yes, yeah, there's a whole story there. Oh. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, wow. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a whole deal, man. Uh, yeah. and I mean, there are a lot of places if you know where to go in Walker County and, um, and, uh, you're just all, there, there so, are a lot of places all over the, so you all said, over the state. You said if you know where to go, you mean like, yeah, you know. like a juke joint way out in the sticks <laughs> somewhere yeah. like that? Well, you kind of have yeah, to there's know. Some, there's some places, man. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, I'm going to tell you, let me tell you a story. All okay. right. I'm gonna tell you a story. All right, I, okay. I, I, don't, I don't tell many many stories. I say I save them from from a book on uh, on Milton McGregor someday. But um, so uh, so Milton tells me this story one time, uh, and I I, you know, I became friends with Milton McGregor, who's a right. I, I thought was a was a really great guy. Okay, I did. I He's thought Milton was man. a good a yeah. good human person, good human being, uh, a person that that cared for a lot of people, did a lot of things. Uh, you know, one 
one one of the stories that I heard from thousands of people was how he you know he paid the medical bills and and things for his employees after they raided his casino and shut him down mm. the first time and he he went ahead and, and kept paying for their insurance and stuff uh, even after that but you know okay so he made a lot of money too okay nobody's nobody's claiming otherwise the man was 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 ultra wealthy uh, but uh, so so Milton one of the things that uh, that Milton owned uh, was a fleet of airplanes. All right. And he, they, they rented them out. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to make, make clear that he wasn't just going down and give me the small one, to, you know, or something like that. You know, sure. it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, he wasn't flying right. from Montgomery to Prattville. But he, you know but what he I mean? had and access. Just, he had access. Yeah. He, so he, but he had these planes yeah. that were over there and they, and they would use their planes to fly to various places. Uh-huh. And so they went to, uh, Las Vegas on a trip for like uh, some sort of a show, uh, you know, like a trade show. Um, and, uh, that, you know, they were looking at these different machines and there was this guy that w- who was there, um, who operates some gambling establishments in Walker County. Okay. Uh, one of the aforementioned nowhere to go places. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So <laughs> he asked Milton what kind of plane he was in. Milton tells him what kind of plane that they're in. And he said, Oh, I'm going to give me one of those. The next time they see him, this gentleman has this plane. Okay. That I'll tell you how much money they're making yeah. off of these little backroom places. Yeah. All right. So, so on a trip through Walker County, Wilson <laughs> says he goes to this guy's uh, uh, place. He asked him to come by and stop by to see him. Mm-hmm. And this um, is his house, you takes, mean? His house? I don't know if it's his house oh, or where. Oh, oh, okay. I want to say it's probably a business establishment. Oh, okay. All right. And so he takes him down into the basement and he's asking him for advice on how to how to invest his money. And he takes him into this room and there are 50 gallon drums all in this room. And they're, he, said, probably, he said probably three or four hundred of these things. Hmm. And they're all filled with cash. What? He <laughs> said that's where his that's where his money. Was. So, that sounds wow. like an episode of Snowfall or something. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, anyways, wow. uh, you know, it's a a lucrative uh, business. A lu- uh, it can be. It can yeah. be a lucrative business. Um, uh, you know, and and so I, I just uh, I, I point that out to say there are a lot a lot of gambling establishments around the state. Okay. Um, and some of them are off the beaten path. All of them are making money. Uh, there is no tax dollars going to the state for this. All right. The Porch Creeks don't pay any taxes, don't pay any state taxes. Um, you know, they, they pay taxes on their other businesses and on their hotels and things like that, but they don't pay, they do not pay state taxes on things. And so that's just not happening. And so Um, you you then end up with a guy deep in the, in the, in the, furthest reaches of Walker County who has a basement full yeah, of 50 gallon drums County. that are stuffed yeah, full mean, of cash and he's got like yeah. four or five hundred of those yeah. man that is that's like I'm telling you that's like it's like a mafia movie or an episode <laughs> of Snowfall or something where you or or, or one of those yeah. power hey, shows and stars. Where I just you, I don't want people to hold me to the Walker County part. Well, of it, whatever, I'm whatever county, positive. it's in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 yeah, all the rest of it is true. I just yeah. I just want to qualify and make sure that uh, I, I believe that's what I'm where saying, it was, but I'm not a thousand. Regardless percent. of what county it was in, yeah, 
Yes. The man yes. is saying that he walked into a room that had, it sounds like from yeah. what you're saying, tens of millions of dollars potentially. It, se- it seems that way. Yes. It seems that they're unaccounted they're, they're, for. Not in a bank. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. That, 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 <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, man, listen, there listen, there there are there are some there are some other stories. We need to get uh, an address on that place. <laughs> <laughs> no, hell that. Hey, no, listen, let me tell you. If you're that gentleman and you are listening, I don't know where you are. Uh, I don't want to know. I uh, I don't even know your name. Okay, yeah, let, so yeah. don't even no, worry about I'm, it. I'm being real uh, facetious I, because uh, I'm, yeah, I'm very yeah, sure I, that I'm not even sure of the counter. Uh, yeah, just to be clear, well, okay? okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm very sure a man in in that position probably has uh, taken extraordinary precautions. Yes. that probably involve yes. people with uh, uh, weapons to yes. make sure that yes. his money is safe. Yeah, I, I used I use Walker County simply because I know that there are a lot of those uh, weapons uh, type things that are taking place there. Uh, There's a lot of those uh, that old Dixie Mafia kind of thing uh, uh, that, that goes on in those places. And so, but you know, it's a um, it, it just to me it's idiotic what we're doing. Okay, we we see how much money we're leaving on the table. Clearly, um, we we see that other states are doing this and they're, they've, they've managed to, you know, to get it handled and make profits and stuff. Uh, we see that, um, that, that how many scholarships ha- are we down now uh, from Georgia and Tennessee and other places that have lotteries uh, that are, that are, you know, allowing kids to go to, to college. Now, Tennessee, you know, in Tennessee, you go to community college for free. You know that? Yeah. Off the backs of the, off the back of the lottery. Um, and you know they don't pay for for tags and state taxes and things like that. It, it's just it's crazy, you know what what we are doing here, and and it's all because of this idiotic fight uh, that we got forced into by some man. There are so many stories. <laughs> uh, well, 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 you know, well, before before we have to go to a break, let me yeah. just let me just ask you this question because sure. you 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 made a, an interesting point in your column that I think gets to the heart of this, at least to some degree. <clears throat> you suggested strongly that the uh, that this current state that we're in, this sort of purgatory as it relates to gambling in the state of Alabama, or if you want to call it a standoff, whatever you want to call it, uh, that it is that it has been financially beneficial for certain politicians and certain organizations for us to be in this state. So meanwhile, you got a select group of people that are making money off of the fight. Yes. Yes. Whereas you have a whole state of people who are not benefiting from something that we know people are going to do and have yeah. been doing. If they don't do it here, they cross the state lines to do it. You know, we've known that for 30 years or more. Yeah. That that's what Alabamians do. If they, they, they go to, to the casinos in, in Tunica, they go to play the lottery in Tennessee. I mean, that's what we, that's what we do. Of course. So, so, uh, we've got a small group of people, select group of people, who are benefiting from our inability to resolve an issue that could benefit our state. 
Oh yeah, it's. I mean, if people just stop and, and think about it, yeah. I mean, look, look at the look at the fight that's been going on for thirty or forty years now, uh, and look at the people who continue to make money off this. It's the politicians who take the campaign donations from people who are pushing an agenda one way or the other. Uh, it's the lobbyists who go out and, and are hired by either the casinos or some of the other businesses uh, to go in and lobby politicians for for what's taking place here. Uh, it is. Um, uh, you know, uh, th- a variety of groups uh, that, that are around that. First of all, I'll tell you another group that's that's benefited a whole hell of a lot uh, is uh, are, are the casinos in states all around us. OK, the, they continue to benefit the lotteries and states all around us continue to benefit. You ask any state, uh, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, Mississippi, they all Florida. They'll all tell you that the locations that sell the most lottery tickets and the casinos that do the most businesses are the ones that are closest to the state lines yep. with Alabama. Yep. Every single yep. time. If you've got an easy access right over Auburn up 85, they sell a ton. That That's the most tickets, uh, lottery tickets that are sold in the state of Georgia right across that line off 85. All right. That's just the way it is. Same in Tennessee, same in Florida. It's it just because we flock there to play the Powerball and all these big games. Whenever you hear about a billion dollar jackpot or whatever, those that's where they're going. And uh, and and that's our money. Our kids' college, that's our kids' college going to another state. Uh, that, that's their scholarships going to, to kids in Georgia instead of the kids in Alabama. And it's idiotic to continue doing this, okay? And it's idiotic to continue to keep our putting our heads in the sand and saying that we don't, well, well we're against gambling. You got gambling every damn where. What are yeah. you talking about? I mean, so much state, so that they got barrels of money in the basement, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just. Yeah. It's just so insane. So, not, so, and, and forget the illegal part of it. Hell, just look at the at the at the Porch Creek facilities. Yeah. Legal, legal yeah. facilities, and, yeah. and that, what, look at what they're doing. It's just nuts, so, man. So yeah, it's absolutely crazy. So to the people who say, "Well, I have a religious objection to gambling," fine, you can continue to object religiously. Don't mm-hmm. go. You don't have to yeah. go. And the people yeah. in your church or my church don't have to go. But the people that want to gamble, who have demonstrated that repeatedly over the decades to the tunes of hundreds of millions of dollars exiting the state of Alabama over the decades, mm-hmm. let them gamble legally in the state so that the, so that at least there can be a benefit yeah. to the rest of the state, especially the children. Yeah. Well, and, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news here or the bearer of reality, I guess, but the only reason we have all this gambling in the state for the most part is because of the churches who wanted to play bingo. And so they had to pass the constitutional <laughs> amendments to play bingo, which then allowed in the electronic bingo that, that got us in this position to the begin with. Okay. So, yeah. That's, there are a lot of churches that, that, that are, are cool with bingo. Yeah. And there are a lot of churches that aren't cool with any of it. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right. You're right. It's yeah. and it's uh, and it's fine. You're right. Yeah. It's it's fine. Yeah. To me, it just is. It can it be a vice? Of course, it can be a vice. But um, you know, it's it's no different than anything else. It's the same as alcohol. The same as cigarettes. The same as, as so many things that are out there that we trust adults to make decisions on, and we put laws in place to protect overindulgence and things like that and, uh, and and prevent it and try our best to prevent these things from developing into higher crime rates and other stuff. And that's just what we need to do with gambling. We got it. What we don't have are the mechanisms in place to address the addictions and to address the, the lawlessness that comes with some of the problems uh, that are produced by gambling. Because we're not going to have any more gambling for the most part. You're going to have about roughly the same, if not less gambling. You're just going to have it in more focused areas uh, and, and in better regula- and better regulation 
information and more money to put, uh, put towards these programs uh, to kind of counteract some of the issues that are there. Right now, we don't have any of that. We don't have any programs that are funded by the state uh, to address gambling addiction uh, because we don't have gambling officially in this state. Uh, I know the Porch Creeks do some stuff uh, with gambling addiction, and but that's the, as far as I know, that's that's the only entity in the state that's doing anything really. So, and is that open to people outside of the reservations? Or? I, I'm not sure about that, honestly. I, I, okay. I we would need, I need to ask them about that. I'm sure it probably is. I know that they do a lot of stuff like that for for folks outside, you know, just their their reservation. Uh, even though if I was them, I'd thumb my nose at everybody. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, after the one. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I mean, it's just as uh, yeah. I, but you know, the point remains. Uh-huh. It, it, we nail the problem, and, and and I said in the column, I agree with K. Ivy's assessment. Okay, mm-hmm. I agree with K. Ivy's assessment of this situation. Uh, fix it. Fix mm-hmm. the damn problem. Okay, mm-hmm. just fix it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's slide out of here. We're going to come back, and we're going to have uh, Tafani English on with us, and she is going to be uh, the new director of the state office for the Southern Poverty Law Center in Alabama. And, uh, you know, if you're unfamiliar with what that means, we are as well, as is everybody. This is a new <laughs> initiative from the Southern Poverty Law Center, so we'll talk to her about what they're doing and where this is going to go and what it means for all the rest of us. All right, we're going to slide out of here. Back in a minute, Alabama Politics This Week. David Person with Alabama Politics this week. You know, you listen to me and Josh every week, and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture, and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast, and I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends. And also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person. And we are happy now to have with us a Taffany English, uh, who is taking over a new role at the Southern Poverty Law Center. It seems like it's not only a new role, but like a new office, a new initiative, a new focus. Um, and so we're going to get into into basically all of that. Um, uh, but first of all, welcome. Welcome. Thanks Thank for you. joining us, Taffy. Thank you. Thank uh, you for having me. Yeah. Um, so um, I guess to be you know really professional and start this, what you doing? <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> I'm not beside. I, I, I don't. I don't mean it to be that open ended. But seriously, what? What? Yeah. To kind of talk about what? What's the? What are you? What are you going to be? What the role is, and what you're going to be doing? Absolutely. No, it's a, it's a valid question, um, and it is also one that we asked ourselves internally when the state office model was introduced. We were like, well, what does that mean and where do we go and and all of those good things. But um, as you know, SPLC um, or Southern Poverty Law Center has had, you know, over 50 years of experience. A lot of their work has been national, although they started here in Montgomery, um, started to do the work um 
in the early 70s and, and all of that good stuff. And what we realize is that we're in a position um, to continue being the leaders that we can be around civil rights issues. And so this state model is an intentional model to actually be in partnership and in close community with community organizers um, um, and, and people in the community who can give voice to the issues that are directly impacting them. Um, so, you know, uh, last year, my years are running together, but shortly after the pandemic, um, we went through a strategic um, framework process. And of course, we committed ourselves to doing this work more intentional in the deep in the deep south. So we have offices in Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Louisiana and Mississippi. And um, those offices took on the, the national umbrella. So they all had a programmatic arm. They had the legal practice groups. And then we had the intelligence project. And um, overwhelmingly, uh, because these issues, um, you know, they're cycles, right? So um, we identified four impact goals and we began to ask ourselves the question, you know, how do we really grapple with things on a more local level? And so that is the role of the state office. So the state office model is focused and informed by um, the local concerns, um, uh, local strategy, what are solutions, and in what ways can we collaborate um, with grassroots organizers or community groups, uh, civic groups who are doing this work. Um, and more importantly, where can we leverage our resources, right? SPLC has a wide range of resources um, and a, a network that um, is national in scope. But how do we bring that back home to the Deep South? Yeah, it's, it's, so the, the office is going is to be called also, is that right? The, the, the program? Yeah, the Alabama State Office. Right, the Alabama State SPLC Office. SPLC also. No. Yeah, right. SPLC also. I like that. Uh, it's, so um, I guess if I'm a, if I'm a community organizer uh, person, uh, which and I, I like that yeah, everybody uses community organizer now after Barack Obama took so much crap for it, uh, you know, from stuck up Republicans. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I really uh, where where how do y'all. How do y'all find them? How do you how do you partner with them? What you know, what how, how or how would they go about reaching out to y'all? Yeah. So one of the first things that we'll do uh, again, we do have some connections right in mm -hmm. pockets where we've been sure. doing some work on, on the local level um, and we're looking to expand that. So we. Um, Again, building capacity on some of the efforts that are already underway, but also we um, conducted an, a landscape analysis for the state of Alabama. Um, we worked with researchers at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Mm -hmm. So we conducted focus groups with um, some of the community organizations. We are actually going to um, one of the first things that we'll do shortly after um Jubilee, actually March 14th, to be exact, um, we'll be hosting uh, a, another focus group where we are presenting what those findings were and what the recommendations were from the focus groups. After that, we will embark on a listening tour throughout the state of Alabama. And so we'll utilize our current network of who's at the table, who do we need at the table. Um, and of course, you know, a good communication strategy is key to this. 
Um, and so working with our communications department and also with our programmatic departments who've been doing work on the ground um, and they work with uh, organ organizers, they work with other community groups, um, and they also work with a lot of coalitions and tables around the various issues that we'll be tackling under the um, Alabama State Office. So, uh, Tafini, I, I wonder about... Um what this means in terms of the historic mission of the Southern Poverty Law Center. So can you tell us, uh, and I get, I get you're going to do a listening tour and you're, and you're really going to be responding to some degree to what you hear on this listening tour, but do you envision that this is going to represent a dramatic shift one way or the other in terms of what the Southern Poverty Law Center has historically done? No, because what we'll do, again, we have to realize what's in our wheelhouse, right? And so what the state office will do is build capacity around our impact goals. And when I say that, so our impact goals are um, eradicating poverty, promoting decarceration, uh, protecting voting rights, strengthening democracy, and reducing support for white nationalism hands down. Those are our four impact goals. And so we're building capacity, um, adding on to the work of SPLC. And what has been missing from that is that SPLC has not always worked well with local community folks, right? We've always operated from, you know, largely yeah. uh, with, without a few pockets, we've operated on a national model where most of our work was done outside of the South after the early 70s and mid 80s, I would say. I first started working for them in 1996. And one of the things I worked in the intelligence project, so I monitored and tracked extremist groups. And overwhelmingly, whenever I was traveling um, to help communities respond, whether it was the Klan rallying or if there was graffiti, graffiti, what is it? Graffiti, sorry. Graffiti, yeah. Graffiti, yeah. graffiti, um, yeah. graffiti um, or if it was leafleting or if there was recruitment, any of those things and helping communities respond to that. I often was traveling outside of my own community. I was either in the uh, north, uh, you know, the New England states, or I was in the Midwest or out west. I will never forget the first law enforcement training I did. Um, we were doing the, the FLETSI training and we were tasked with doing the hate crime portion of it. Um, we had this training and although it was in Kentucky, most of the um, information that was shared were from incidents that were outside of the South. And we know that those incidents do happen in the South. And so what the Alabama State Office will do is bring voice to those issues that are happening right here at home so that people aren't thinking that you know, oh, that doesn't happen here anymore. Or, you know, they're just defunct because we know the threat of white nationalism um, is something that we should take serious. Um, and, and it has changed its face very much so intentional because they, you know, they were talking about this in 1996 when I was monitoring and tracking those extremist groups. And so what we're seeing today is what they were talking about then. And we have to be just as uh, diligent in our work. And a lot of that is going to be increasing awareness um, and connecting the ties of these organizations in the mainstream. Reports still be published. Will that work still be done? 
Yeah, but that's under the SPLC. So that wouldn't be done under the state office. So the Intelligence Project, Learning for Justice, and the legal practice groups that we have, they operate under um, our headquarter model. The Alabama State Office, again, is going to be more intentional in, in working on more localized um, issues. And those issues, we will pull in our partners internally um, as well. But we're hoping to move the needle um, because, I, you know, we firmly believe that transformative change doesn't happen until people realize the power that they have. And we have an opportunity and a moment to meet to really shift power in the Deep South in ways that it hasn't been done in the last two or three decades. So you're going to have state offices in those Deep South states and, yes. and not national. You're not going to have a state office in every state, just in the Deep no. South states. It's in the deep south. Okay. And where's the one in Alabama going to be? We have not decided where that one will be. So we will be operating out of the Montgomery office. Um, our intention is to focus and prioritize work um, in the rural communities, which is, again, why the um, press br briefing will be held in Talladega County, um, because we know that oftentimes rural communities are rendered invisible, um, but they they struggle with a lot of the issues, especially when we look at the voting rights case. Right. Look at where Shelby versus Holder and the impact that it had in rural communities. Um, and so looking at those issues, um, sanitation issues, uh, we know the black belt uh, has been. How can I say this politely? Uh, you know, there there are tons of dollars. Don't say politely. Yeah. I'm talking to Josh Moon. I can talk. But we we know that there are there are tons of. Uh, forget David. Uh, David's not even here. <laughs> don't even talk about it. I like it when people forget David. Just forget <laughs> it. David started. Get your awards, talk. David. Hey, David's going, going for like a major David, national David, award this weekend. David you know? started this. David. You know, we we look at the attention that you know the black belt needs, right? And uh -huh. I I, worked, I did fair housing work for a number of years. And I remember uh, we were writing a grant proposal and one of the consultants at the table, we were working with a consultant in, an, in another state. And the consultant said, just write the black belt in and you'll get the grant. And that moment kind of just shifted my thinking because I what I what I immediately thought was if someone who is not connected to this state can mm -hmm. say that and know that the the real work that needs to happen in the black belt isn't happening, then how do we, now that we have this opportunity with the Alabama State Office, how do we shift this, right? Um, you know, even speaking of of the my community that I grew up in, we have the Talladega Super Speedway, right? Um, that brings tons of, of, of money for that moment. Um, and I will brag on Lincoln, we're doing good. Um, you know, we're bringing you know, various things to the community, but how can we stimulate the economy in a way that we're also contributing to the wealth of black and brown folks in these rural communities? Um, and so, you know, looking at all those issues on a larger level. Yeah, you know what, it's, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've followed the Southern Poverty Law Center for a long time. Um, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, I would call uh, Morris Dees, you know, a friend of mine, um, and uh, and still I've talked to him to not too long back, uh, and so, but I understand exactly what you're saying uh, because I've had those thoughts as well. That that uh, we have this great organization that, quite honestly and and openly, has a lot a lot of money uh, and a lot of resources, 
Um, and, and I felt like a lot of times it, it was a lot nationally focused, uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of local issues kind of fell by the wayside. And, uh, you know, and I, I was talking, I was telling my, uh, folks at, at APR, uh, that we were going to have you on the, the podcast this week and talking about the the new office that we're that we were opening and stuff or that y'all were opening. Sorry, we. I don't know why I said we. we but y'all we, are opening. The we thing. Yeah. Right, right. Well, listen. If if you'd like to, I, I know a good podcast that needs some sponsorship. <laughs> uh, but it's a. Uh, <laughs> but no, listen. Uh, in all in all seriousness, though, uh, one of the things that, that Bill Britt, the uh, editor over at, at APR, said was, you know, he said that he said I hope that that changes what has been happening over the last several years, because we used to get press releases and, and uh, uh, guest columns and things from them all the time. And we haven't gotten one in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it, I was going to ask to, to bring all this together. I was going to ask, is there, is there a communication strategy uh, that's going to be put in place that will focus more of what y'all are doing in the state and let people know about these issues that, that, are, that are out there? Definitely. Um, I I just had a call yesterday, like at the very end of my day um, with um, one of our reporters internally. Um, And he also mentioned that he worked in Tuscaloosa. He he came from the news world to us. And Mm -hmm. he talked about how, you know, like SPLC was always on the front. Like we were right there, uh, you know, elevating again these issues and a lot of times on the national level, but even sometimes locally um, and wanted to know where, and we do have a strategy that we are, that's in this draft form now. Um, It has been approved in um, the initial phase, but we'll continue adding to that. Um, Because one of the things, you know, that we know, and and I say this um, to, just being in a rural community when people come in and they're asking questions or they're just like, oh my God, what are you doing about this? It's it's as if we don't talk about it. But yeah. when it's your world, you're talking about it. If you think that people in Lowndes County aren't talking about the sanitation issue that oh, is happening, yeah. they're talking about it, right? Yeah. It's impacting them on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. But how do we get other people to understand um, that issue, right? And it should take so much, but it seems like we've been knocking down the door around this sanit- the sanitation issue in Lowndes County for 10 years almost. And I think I'm saying 10 being generous. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it, it will take uh, a, a strategic approach to do that. But I also think with our community organizers, we'll have four or five community organizers that will work from the northern all the way to the southern. So they'll their footprint um, will be throughout the state and we'll have an ear on the ground to what those issues are. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that that, that would be great. I mean, because you're right, it is, a it, it you know, the, the Lowndes County uh, deal and the, all through the Black Belt, the sanitation issues all through the Black Belt yep. uh, that, that they've had for, for years and years. Decades. On, yeah, decades. And, and just, and they, you hear you read the stories all oh, they've got raw sewage in the front yard and then five years later they've got raw sewage in the front yard you know and it's just the same thing and i i you know i is it um what, what when you talk about the community organizers are they going to be placed uh around the state or strategically or will they kind of travel or what, what's that look like they will be placed strategically around the state and so we're using the alabama state region map uh, that is divided into five quadrants. And so they'll be in those five quadrants. And for the first year, you know, I said it will 
be doing what well, part of the first year will do these listening sessions, but we will also have them um, in the middle of the year. They'll identify um, three to five counties within those regions um, where we focus the next year's priorities of work on. And so that way we're covering, again, the entire state and we're not being insulated. Right. Um, right. Which is one of the things, you know, one of the reasons for um, the state office to be in a different area, um, sure. per se, you know, just yeah. location wise. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, it, it seems like, a, a, you know, a, a good, uh, a very good thing. Um, uh, what. What is the what's the first task? Uh, where 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 are y'all heading off to yeah. first? So the first task is after we um we have uh we'll we'll have some participation um after we do the announcement next week. We're gonna work with the researchers at UAB um to design the rollout of the Alabama landscape analysis. And so that is um it's a report that they did internally for us. And so we're inviting all of those stakeholders back to um, Birmingham, where we will reveal those findings. And from there, um, we will bring together a group um, of, of what we're calling strategic thought partners um, mm -hmm. for how we design and set up our listening sessions, realizing that even within the state of Alabama, um, there will be differences in the ways in which we approach, engage, and enter in communities. And we really want to be very um, mindful of that um, right. as we go in. Once we conduct the um, listening um, tours, we will then um, announce what our priorities, the areas of work that we'll be working on for the next two years in the state of Alabama. And that's not to say that we won't work on anything, any other issues, but sure. we'll prioritize issues from those listening sessions. Um, and then as issues arise, we'll have to determine how we approach them and how we work on them. Mm -hmm. hey, last thing, in, uh, or for me anyway, and then we can, uh, we'll get you out of here so you can get started. Uh, but, um, you know, one, one of the things that, that, that I've also uh thought about uh, a lot and is that we have a number of really, really good groups out there. Uh, EJI, Alabama Appleseed, uh, you know, they're just, a, there's a All lot of really good groups. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, I mean, it, we could probably start that name and we'll, we could name off 15 or, or 20 or so yeah. of, of groups that are out there that are doing this work. Um, do y'all plan to work with them? And has there been any focus on trying to combine uh, not necessarily resources, but or I guess maybe maybe resources, resources and 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 focus and and try to direct everybody into at, at these issues at, at one time. Yes, we do have plans um, for doing that internally. Um, we actually were were planning to do what we were calling a civil rights principles strategy session um, for Jubilee. Um, we were because you know we, people will be here for Jubilee. And we wanted to bring people to the table. Um, we've decided to push it back on, um, to April. And during this time, we'll strategize what is it that we're working on that aligns? Um, where do we have expertise where we all can work on certain issues together? So that is in the works. Mm. That is in the works. All right. Well, listen, uh, I wish you luck uh, on this. Um, you know, us us here at yes. Alabama Politics this week, soon to be brought to you by the Alabama State Office of the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, <laughs> wish you great luck on. Uh, I'm I'm to no. I have to go. 
<laughs> uh, listen, uh, seriously, uh, in all seriousness, I, and that was a joke. I was just joking. That, um, uh, the um, producer uh, is going to have a time cleaning this up. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We don't clean it up. We just go. Yeah, we just go. We don't clean this up. Are you kidding? He's not a very good producer. Um, so oh, we, we don't. My word. David is like, I am not in this room. I'm not in this room. room. I am not. In all seriousness, uh, good luck with this. Uh, if if we can be of of any help here, Absolutely. obviously, you know, reach out and we'll we'll do anything we can. Uh, same for for us at APR. Send us all your stuff. We'll we'll run things and and do whatever we can to help out because it's a it's a worthy uh, goal and uh, yes. and I hope the office is tremendously successful and you are as well. Thank you yes. so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, David. Thank you, Josh. Yes. This is yes. like a dream come true. I was telling my best friend last night, I was like, girl, Josh Moon is about to interview me. It's about to <laughs> You know, he can give you permission to just be bold. People think I'm bold now. <laughs> Josh, Josh is going to make a, a special note of this episode. I, 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 yes, I'm just going to play it over and over for David. Every time we come on, I'm just going to say, oh, I'm getting interviewed by Josh Moon. That's all. That's all I cares. <laughs> I appreciate you both so much. Thank you so much. Oh, yes. thank you. We appreciate uh, you. English as she is. Uh, y'all, listen, support them. Uh, do anything yeah. you can to help them out because they're just trying to make the state a little bit better for everybody. All right. right. Back in a minute, Alabama politics this week. Hey, everybody. If you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at uh, Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about uh, I don't know, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever, whatever your question may be. Uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections? Uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. Alrighty, welcome back. Alabama Politics this week, fresh off the greatest interview we've ever done, uh, with by far our best guest. Uh, Bonnie English, uh, she is really tremendous. And listen, I I gotta say this: I don't know all the all the work they're gonna do, but I can tell you, uh, with her judgment of people, she, she's gonna go far. She's gonna go. <laughs> she go can far, judge huh? people like I would. I mean, listen, she is a great judge of character and talent. Uh, I just I really appreciate her coming I, on. I have to say that of uh, all of the episodes we've done, we've done I don't know how many now over the past few years. I don't think I've ever heard a guest that was so uh, just taken with you. I mean, just you know, I I, I thought that she was going to swoon at one point. I mean, swoon. it was yeah, swoon. You know, listen, listen, Dave. Uh, I try to turn down the charm whenever I can. Okay. Um, and, and, and normally I'm very successful, but some people, you know, they, I, she, she couldn't keep genius. She couldn't, can, yeah. Genius yeah. can be quite, yeah. It can be quite attractive. I, she I guess. Could, I yeah. She couldn't hold it in, man. She just, she, she's a big fan. She's a big fan. <laughs> yeah. She likes the stuff. She likes the, she likes the writing. It's uh, you know, uh, well, I, there, it's, I mean, it's so like? rare. It's so rare. Uh, that you that you get uh, that that 
you know, so it's. Well, uh, I've told you, I've told oh, you that I was a long time fan of yours before of I ever, before I ever met you, uh, you know, face to face. And in fact, I, I had to remind you that I'd even interviewed you on my, my <laughs> old radio show that I, daily radio show that I used to do. You didn't even remember. Was, that was a very important interview. In my <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure it was. Sure it was. <laughs> it was. Remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, I was, the, I was talking to David on the phone during that interview, and and that you know it was a great one of the one of the best interviews I've ever I've ever done. Um, Brought tears to your eyes. Huh? It is. It was so professional, uh, so well handled. Uh, I thought this is this is the the top. This is the this is the apex of the of yeah. the whole thing. And so, uh, no, it's. Uh, I, I no, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm saying like uh, it's. I, I don't. Uh, I don't typically get the. Um, oh, we love you. We love you. Just it's effusive sort of, praise. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't. I don't yeah. normally. Normally, normally, it's, yeah, he's okay. You know, it's eh, nah, we can we can tolerate him. We can tolerate him. Uh, so uh, it's always appreciated. And uh, well, and it's, th- now you're saying that, but actually. If you go, if, if, if I, you know, whenever, a lot of times if I'm on your Facebook page, uh-huh. I see a few oh, surprise. Well, I see a few surprise on your Facebook page. But those are mostly my mom. Uh, she no, just says, she no. got a lot of, a, a lot of different accounts and she just signs in and says, I just, um, I'll be honest too. I, I do I do not handle the praise very well. Okay, I've I've mm. I guess, and it's just because of what you 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 get conditioned to, and so mm. I've been conditioned to you're a moron, you know, and just like I can hell, <laughs> like, well, yeah, you know, it's uh, great. Can you spell that, you know? And so I mean, I've got uh, great comebacks and zingers for right. you know, people that that insult me or whatever and that or disagree with me. But when people say, you know, oh, great, I'm going to be, you know, whatever, and he's done this great, I'm always like, nah, I'll stop, you know, it's just <laughs> so. Uh, but I, I do appreciate uh, uh, her and, and mm-hmm. what she said and uh, what the, uh, and I hope I, I do. I, I really do wish that uh, I hope that she has great luck in, in, in all we, this. And we need that organization to yes. thrive. I mean, they've done amazing work through the years and I know Morris, you know, I've interviewed Morris Dees and, and uh, his successor, Richard, uh, I can't remember Cohen. Richard. What What's his name? Cohen. Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. Richard um, you know, I've interviewed both of them, uh, gr- great men in their own right. And, um, but and I know somewhat controversial at times, you know. But, yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's very but, uh, including but we, the end. But, <laughs> you but, know, at the yeah, uh, but we need that organization. That organization yeah. is important. So we yeah. want them to do well. Yeah, you know, um, uh, one one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen was uh, <laughs> Morris Dees on the stage with Robert Bentley, uh, insulting <laughs> Robert Bentley. <laughs> Oh <laughs> yeah, it was Ooh. it was rough, man. It was rough on the on a stage at I I guess that was I guess it was the the fiftieth anniversary of the march. Oh really? Uh, yeah, and <laughs> and they were all on the stage at the state capitol, uh, and I mean they had like is know, that the, the one where Clinton was there? No, 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 no. This was you know this was one where Obama was in Selma. 
Uh, and oh, then they had oh, then they wow. had the actual end of the march. I, I believe that's what this was for, but I, I don't hold me to this. I may I may be confusing my events, but I believe that's what it was for. Was for the uh the you know it they had the the big event was in Selma uh, mm-hmm. for the you know the Bloody Sunday uh, deal. That's what Obama and and all the you know uh, John Lewis would bring his uh, the bus tour there for for the Bloody Sunday event. And then, and then they had another event uh, several days later in Montgomery, marking what would have been the anniversary of the end of the march. You know, where they got to the mm. Capitol, and uh, you know, George Wallace wouldn't come out because he was eating biscuits, and um, and so uh, yeah, uh, and so, but Robert Bentley came out and uh, <laughs> and got on stage, and Marsh just crushed him, just crushed him Ooh. in front of all these people that were out there. Whatever event, I'm assuming that's what it was, but it was, oh, mercy, it was rough. Um, but, um, you know, Mar- yeah, you're right. Morris had had some problems and uh, uh, and and there were some issues that, that took place there that I think he took, um, you know, it, it led to his uh, eventual ouster uh, yeah. at, the, at there. And, uh, and then Richard, you know, took over for a little while and then he was gone and um, and so I just, um, I, I mean, what I said to her, I, the place has always had a tremendous amount of resources. Oh, yeah. uh, they've always had a lot of money, uh, and because, because they've always done great work in the area of civil rights. And, yep. um, and, and so I hope, I hope that she is very successful because there are a lot of organizations out there that need them to be successful so they can also yes. kind of piggyback and, and maybe go forward with that. And, you ever, um, you ever been to that building? You ever been inside? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah me too. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's the most secure, it's probably the most secure place in the state. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I've been in the Capitol and it didn't take me, I mean, going through into the Capitol wasn't as complicated as it yeah. was get, getting into there. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's crazy uh, to try to get in there, you know, and, um, and I'm assuming even still today, uh, Morris has the, the security outside of his house. Mm. Um, cause there is, there, there was security there every 24 hours a day yeah. outside of his house. And, um, in Montgomery, where he lived, because he lived uh, not not too far from where I lived in. Uh, in well, I would imagine in the that, neighborhood. I would imagine that uh, you know, uh, you know, the Klan, uh, the remnants of the Klan, will never forget what he did oh, no. to to destroy that organization, to decentralize it, destroy it, and I think um, I would imagine that that that's sort of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, if they yeah. could. If if some of those evil people could kill him, I think they would kill him. Oh, absolutely, know, they would yeah. at any uh, point yeah, in time. Yeah, yeah, and they they did a lot of that in Montgomery. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially during the times when he uh, became uh, very successful at fighting off uh, racism and racists, uh, they did a lot of that killing of people and bombing their houses. And uh, they were really big on dynamite back then. Mm. Um, and so. Uh, you know, so he, he had the guard and, you know, and people, I know that, that, that Morris and, and, you know, the SPLC itself can be somewhat polarizing, uh, for some people, even people on the left, uh, you know, that, uh, uh, take issue with some of the allegations, uh, that he faced and that the organization has faced over the years. And, you know, I just, I, I would say it's, there's, it's not a black and white world, you know, um, and, and people are complicated and issues are complex and, um, and, and people can do good things and bad things, you know, the same, the same people, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's okay 
to say, hey, these people did some really good things. And also they did these things that, that they shouldn't have done and, and should have you know, paid a price for. And I think that's that's true with Morris, uh, probably. And I think he would he would probably tell you the same thing uh, for the most part uh, that uh, mm. there were some there were some mistakes maybe that were made. And um, and so uh, I don't know that he would agree necessarily with how the end came about. And I don't know that I would uh, either. Uh, but. You know, that's that's how it worked. Um mm-hmm. all right, let's uh let's move on. Let's see. We have smorgasbord time. Um we can uh, four hundred prisoners, uh Katie Britt, uh or Warrior Cole. Which one would you like to head tackle first? Hmm. Let's uh let's go with Katie Britt because I okay. think uh, we spend a lot of time bashing Republicans and we should, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But I also think we need to give credit where credit is due, when it is due. And uh, Katie has gotten herself, I think, positioned herself well. Um, I'm saying Katie. I don't know her personally. I'll say Senator Britt. Senator yeah. Britt has positioned herself well um, in in terms of getting on committees that will be beneficial to the state of Alabama. Yeah. And so I credit her for that, especially since the Senate is, you know, still being controlled by the Democrats and the fact that she was able to do that, uh, working in concert with uh, Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. And um, and I know Mitch McConnell and Richard Shelby had a good relationship, uh, so that probably helped. But the fact that she was able to basically put herself in a position to continue to be a good steward for the state of Alabama. I mean, we've got, you know, especially North Alabama, you know, we've got all, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars that have come in here courtesy of of Senator Shelby, and we thank him for that. And so uh, I I think she's in a position to continue that, and and that's going to be good for us. Yeah, I think uh, the state uh, uh, voters uh, made made a pretty good decision, pretty good call. Uh, I would have liked to have seen her Democratic opponent, obviously, but Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time... uh, she she is on the committees that she needs to be on. I think a lot of those people also are very comfortable with her uh, because of her past work with uh, Senator Shelby, being mm-hmm. his chief of staff and working around there. I think that she handled uh, at that point in time in his career, she handled uh, a majority of the things that came through that office and a lot of the decisions. And I think she negotiated a lot of the deals. Um, and so she knows how things work and they they appreciate her. And you can bet one thing. Uh, Mo Brooks would not be on the same committees, uh, oh, and yeah. um, you know, no. so we're, we're benefiting uh, from from the establishment, quote unquote. Well, he uh, wouldn't even want to be based on the things that he said. I don't even think he'd have an interest in it. It sounded like to me. I think I think Mo Brooks has an interest in Mo Brooks and whatever, right. Uh, right. whatever helps him. So, uh, but no, I, I think that um, uh, that this is I, 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 exactly what you said, and and, and to what you're saying about. Uh, Katie, uh, you're calling her Katie. I, I don't know her either, uh, but she looks so young mm-hmm. that you you almost you know what I mean. You you call her Katie. I think more out of it's it's not a disrespect of of any sort. I wouldn't say, but it's just that she she looks so young mm-hmm. uh, when when compared to other people, even you know other other females in the in the in the Senate or in Congress for that matter. Um, it's, it's almost like, um, AOC, you know, it's kind of the same way. I kind of feel like the mm. same way with, with her, uh, you know, it, it's just, just, uh, the, their, their look is, is so, so youthful, 
Um, and that, that again, I don't think I hope that neither of them would take that as a as a put down of any sorts, um, because I don't I don't in any way uh, suspect that they're incapable somehow of things mm-hmm. uh, you know, or lacking in especially in intelligence, either one of them. Uh, so I it just well, you, know, you, you automatically kind of to me, I'm just kind of inclined to call her Katie, you know. Yeah, and I and I get that, and I think and I think it is sort of what we do again without any disrespect being intended, but just again the youthfulness, and also quite frankly, she's got a charismatic personality yeah. that I think you know we respond to whether we agree with her politics or not, we respond to that personality. But I try to check myself because mm-hmm. I know that uh, the inclination in our society is to to disrespect, to consciously yeah. disrespect women yes. and to, and to diminish women. Yeah. And while I don't agree with her politics, I, I want to make sure that I'm respectful of, of her achievement, you know, and, and, and of her, what she's earned, you know, and she's earned this. So, you know, that I was really trying to check myself, you know, because I, I, I see it all the time. You yeah. know, I, just, I see it all the time. We diminish women. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, you know, it's um, yeah. Well, I I need to to start getting into the habit of of saying something like Senator Britt or you know something Mm -hmm. like that. So it's uh, yeah, you're you're right about that. Um, the uh, the state wanted to release roughly 400 prisoners this past week. Uh, they failed to do so because the Alabama Department of Corrections failed to notify. As was required by law, they failed to notify the victims of some of those folks that they were going to be released and give the victims an opportunity to say something about it. Um, And so they're still in prison after uh, Steve Marshall filed a lawsuit, but that's not really what kept them in line or kept them in there. They delayed the issue um, because the the notifications hadn't been made. Uh, And I think. You know, that was just really more grandstanding by him than anything else. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't, man, this, this whole deal with this is, is really ridiculous. Um, and yeah, let me, let me just, let me just read you a little something. All right. Uh-huh. Let me, let me find this here because I, I, I saw this last night and, uh, and I, I, did, I haven't, really said anything to, to anybody about it, but I saw this post last night uh, and it's from a district attorney in, in Montgomery, Daryl Bailey. All mm-hmm. right. And this is a post that he put on his public Facebook page. Right. Uh, well, I assume it's a public Facebook page, but he's got uh, several thousand followers on here. And so he's, it's not exactly like it's going to be secret. Uh, yeah. For anybody. See, that is public uh, by default. <laughs> yeah. And it's shareable. So he's made it public. So, yeah. um, you know, uh, so, This is what he said. It leads off with, this is how backwards our criminal justice system can be. There have been a lot of news stories recently about DOC and our legislature releasing a large number of convicted felons, including murderers, rapists, and robbers. I was opposed to this law as it pertained to violent offenders. Since the passage of the law, my main concern has been the notification of victims or their families. I am extremely disappointed that we were only notified of the inmates who were to be released a couple of days prior to their release, and only because someone within the system leaked to us that this mass release was happening. That is unacceptable. The safety of our citizens 
citizens should always be a priority. I will continue to work hard to rehabilitate and alternatively sentence cooperative, nonviolent offenders, but violent offenders should be locked away as long as possible, and our leaders should do everything possible to protect society from the offenders who have proven they cannot live in a civilized society. But to the really backwards part, I prosecuted the man in 2004 for stealing a purse. He had one prior theft. The judge sentenced him to life. He had one prior. Mm. He stole a purse. Mm. The judge sentenced him to life. Oh, God. Uh, which is very unusual for a nonviolent offense, but I believe the judge did this because of whose purse the defendant stole. After a few years of serving his per, uh, prison sentence, the defendant began to write to me to let me know that he had changed his ways. This guy was, uh, I get letters like this all the time, but usually they provide no or very little evidence of the change. This guy was different. He would send me diplomas from every program that he graduated from. He continued to write, and I encouraged him that if he would continue to complete programs and keep a clean record in prison, I would speak for him when it came time for him to be paroled. He kept his word and completed every program that DOC offered. Every program the DOC offered. I also kept my word and spoke for him. Despite the DA who put him in there speaking up for him, the parole board denied his release. Mm. By the way, I also spoke with the victim, who was in utter shock that he was still locked up and joined me at the parole board hearing and asking for his release. Mm. Fast forward to this week. DOC and the legislature are releasing murderers, rapists, and robbers in mass numbers. What about this defendant who committed a theft? He committed a theft 19 years ago, and he's still in prison. Oh, God. 19 mm. years ago mm. with one prior offense. Mm. I, I, I mean, man, what are we doing? You know, That's I insane. mean. insane, yeah. That's insane. Uh, and, and I know there are other stories like this out there uh, of other people. Uh, you know, Beth Shelburne, who we've had on here, written, has written you know mm-hmm. tremendously about these people and, and and covered prisons better than anybody out there. You know, Eddie Burkhalter that used to work for us at APR and now is at Appleseed. He does tremendous work with this. John Glenn, who currently works for us, does a lot of work with the prison stuff, and he do, is doing a great job in documenting some of the issues that are there. And and yet they continue. And yet they continue to a degree that we cannot perform the most basic functions of a prison system. All right. Rehabilitation has got to be our focus, especially as Daryl Bailey, a DA, said, among nonviolent offenders. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that's got, we've got, that's got to be our focus of, of this is rehabilitating them. And this man has done everything that it was, was put in front of him. He's mm-hmm. done it. You, you can't deny that person parole. You just mm-hmm. can't do it and claim that you're a functioning Department of Corrections. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise you're not a Department of Corrections. You're just a Department of locking people up. That's yep. all you are. Yep. All right. Corrections implies there are some corrections being made. Yep. All right. And there's not, and there's not, and not only that, there are not corrections being made to the people inside the prisons. There's also not corrections being made to the system itself. We can't, we can't carry out an execution. Well, I mean, what are we doing? To the point we've just got to stop. You know, we've had to stop doing them because we can't do it. Uh, We can't meet the guidelines. Hell, we wrote a story recently about how we've had to stop construction on the new prisons over there because, well, nobody will really say why. uh, And they claim that the prisons are right. It's going along fine. But 
the sources that we've talked to tell us that there are sinkholes all over the site and they've had to stop construction at the site. Uh, wow. Uh, so uh, yeah, th- these are the prisons that we use COVID money. Yes. Yeah, this for? is the COVID money prisons. Yeah. It's the first one. Hmm. You know, they, they're going to build the first one in Elmore County. Uh, and we we've gone out and, and looked at the site and uh, John, who I mentioned earlier and, and, and Jacob, one of our other reporters at APR went out and looked at this site and, um, and it, they got a picture from April of what the site looked like uh, after it had been cleared by the initial construction company. And it essentially looks the same today, except there's a lot more grass and growth out there. Wow. Um, and th- there's no, there are no buildings or no, there's no anything out there. Uh, and so we, you know, and we've asked around and, and said, you know, this is what we've heard. And, uh, and all we've gotten back really is, uh, is the uh, ADOC saying, no, oh, no, everything's fine. We're good. No, but no biggie, no biggie. Everything's rolling along just fine. Uh, in the meantime, the the construction company won't talk to us, um, which you know, it's well, kind of a red flag. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's to, that's a huge to, red flag. But yeah, it also to not just say, hey, you know, everything's fine, guys, no problems, we're on schedule. Yeah. Uh, mm. But you know, it it just is, uh, it that this sort of thing is what drives people insane. Okay, and and Lee Guathney and and the Pardons and Paroles Board. It's not functioning. And you can pretend that this is somehow this macho correction to crime and that you're really holding people down and holding them accountable for their actions. You're being stupid, okay, is what you're doing. You're cutting off your nose to spot your face because it's not. You're not helping anything. You're only hurting people who would be good people outside of this. What do you you want to keep this person locked up for? Or the lady that's 70 years old and on dialysis that's about to die. What are you you keeping her locked up for? What are we doing? You and I have both written about the cruelty that seems to be embedded in our public policies and and in a lot of our legislation. And uh, this is not new. I mean, it, it probably, this is probably a, a byproduct of the same, I'll call it spirit or attitude or mindset that existed when the 1901 Constitution was crafted. You know, 100%. it's just, it's, a, it's the same, it's a continuation of the same sort of thing, this sort of cruel, punitive kind of um, approach to policy making and legislation that does not do the very thing that it purports to do. Purports to correct does not correct. Yeah. No, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't correct at all, man. It's just, and it's, it's, it's infuriating. Okay. It's just to, to what's most infuriating to me is to watch and listen to people who are connected to this system, who deal with it every day, who, who know what should happen, who, who deal with the people like, like Daryl Bailey, like Cam Ward, like some of these other folks that are, that are there that are uh, Jim Hill, who, mm-hmm. you know, is in the legislature that's writing a lot of this stuff. Uh, and, and was a, a former judge, um, and, you know, and they're telling people, we've got to make these changes because what this other way isn't working. And we see it's not working and we cannot continue down this pathway. And they get people fighting them every step of the damn way, every step. You know, they just somebody is out there fighting them and not because they believe in what they're doing, mm-hmm. not because they believe that what they're doing is good, but because it'll win them some cheap ass political points. Steve Marshall mm-hmm. aren't in holding these press conferences and showing up to parole board meetings uh, with his own camera crew uh, because right. he really believes in this. He's doing it for the damn publicity of the whole yeah, thing and to pretend like he's a 
hard on crime Republican, you know. Yeah, he's preparing for his uh, his next political office run, right? Yeah. Preparing yeah. for the next campaign. Yeah, and listen, uh, you know, the only thing that's going to save us from Steve Marshall. What's that? <laughs> You're probably right. You're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's it. It's uh, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's it's will or or bust, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, the, I um, mean with with the way things currently look, I think you're exactly right. So, so y'all, yeah, is I'm gonna use the same line that I've used with John Merrill. You may not like John Merrill, but we could be way worse off. You may not like <laughs> Will Ainsworth, but we could be way worse off. All right. I'm not running. I'm not running the Ainsworth campaign or anything. But I'm just saying, yeah. if there's two choices, I know which choice is the right one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which choice is the absolute wrong one? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. No <sighs> argument for me on that about your boy. <laughs> uh, get your get your girl Kay Ivy to do a little more of this gambling stuff. I tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Warrior Cole. Um, what? So. I followed this, mm-hmm. you know, and not, I'm not reading stories every day or anything, but I've read a lot of the stories about the warrior coal, uh, strike, uh, and that it has gone on for now 22 months, I believe, right? 22 months. Um, and so there is now a group, uh, that is pushing back against this. Yeah. There's a religious group. Uh, and I say religious group. It's actually they're not pushing a- against it. I, I'm like, I'm, let me take that back. They're not pushing back against it. They're just encouraging them to end it, right? Yeah, well, they're encouraging them to end it, but they are pushing back uh, in, in, in to this extent. They are siding with the strikers and in, 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 in saying that, you know, they are affirming the strikers' uh, uh, assertion that the working conditions are horrendous mm-hmm. and that there needs to be a change and that they should not be forcing people to work under the conditions that the strikers have been working under. And, and if you, you know, if you look at some of what is, uh, you know, stuff that you would, you know, you wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, uh, uh, hazardous work conditions and, and benefits not up to par and right. so on and so forth, you know, fairly typical stuff. Uh, but 22 weeks, 22 weeks is a long, I'm sorry, 22 months is a long time for, um, uh, for people to uh, to be out of work, mm-hmm. and and it also speaks to though how strong how strong their conviction is that something's got to change. My understanding is that they initially started out with about uh, I think eleven hundred people. I think that number is right, eleven hundred people striking, and and now the the number of people striking has dropped, but it hasn't dropped that. I mean, it's 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 still the overwhelming majority of them. I think it's dropped to about eight hundred, mm. and so you know that's a that's a that's a uh, you know that's a little bit more than twenty uh, percent, but mm. uh, but still, I mean, it's well over you know it's well over fifty um, percent you know, and I, yeah. I think that still speaks to the fact that um, there is. Uh, there is something here that that should be examined. There's something here that should be corrected, and so now we've got these clergy persons who are signing this letter. Clergy persons and maybe some lay leaders too, signing this letter, basically saying to the company, 
it's time to end this. It's time to end this, you know, take the corrective action and also, um, you know, put these people back to work yeah. because they're suffering, you know, they're suffering with this strike. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I feel like they had, they had good reason to, to go on strike. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, it's, it's tough, man. It's, there's, there's been so much back and forth between the two sides, uh, you know, hurtful back and forth between the two sides and, um, and, and really less so from the worker side, uh, than anything else. I know there's been some allegations of, of things, but, uh, you know, I, a lot of that hadn't really panned out. And so I, I, I just, I, I would just like it for the, for the company to do the right thing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to stop this and, you know, they're, they're not asking for you know, some unreasonable thing. The workers aren't, um, you know, put them, you know, put them back to work and, and, and let's make some concessions here that are meaningful to them and protects those workers and gives them a, you know, a decent wage and, and, and a way to, you know, to, to make a living and, and raise their family still. Let's, let's, you know, let's stop this. Uh, from the other side, um, and I, I appreciate what the what the clergy group is saying uh, on this. Uh, I do, and and I and I don't necessarily disagree with with the sentiment on this. Uh, but you know, I, I just think you know the 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 workers had had good reason to do this, and um, and and I just I'm sorry, man. I, I can't. I, I have a I I. I I got a real problem going against workers on things like that, you know, Same I'm, a, here. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a worker, I'm a worker guy and, uh, you know, a union, uh, union guy. And I just mm-hmm. think that it's, um, I, I just, I just feel like they need to, uh, the, the company needs to take a look at those. I don't think the the demands are unreasonable. You know, they're mm-hmm. not, they're not unreasonable demands. And I, I just, and I think that they are, they ought to, your, your workplace should be as safe as possible and, and and the people working for you should make a, a decent percentage of the profits. That's just the yeah. way life should be. That's right. And yeah. let's also mention here that uh, according to this, uh, this story in AL.com, the company's largest shareholder is, a, is an entity called BlackRock. Uh-huh. BlackRock. And BlackRock... Owns everything. Okay, but BlackRock has also called on Warrior Met Coal to uh to end the strike to 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 uh, to come up with an agreement yeah so uh when you've got your largest shareholder saying hey it's time yeah. you know again it seems like that's something they would pay attention to yeah you would think right uh yeah. but uh, yeah um yeah no i just i i, I feel like that uh, the sentiment from the majority of the public is on the on the worker side on this and mm-hmm. because of uh, of their demands and, and the reality of their situation. Uh, mm-hmm. and I just, I feel like they're in the right here and, and I understand what they're, they're saying about, you know, the, this has gone on for 22 months and some people are suffering and all that. I, I, I get all that, but, um, you know what, in, in, in another way, that's pretty damn admirable that 800 plus people are still striking 22 months later uh, because they believe in what they're doing. And, and let me tell you this, all right? Those people that do that, the people who start a union uh, and the people who go on strike for union aren't usually 
doing it simply for themselves. Okay, and and history will bear even if they are simply doing it for themselves. History will bear out that what they're actually doing is doing it for the people, the workers of the future, mm-hmm. um, and and especially the people that start a union. That that's you know they're giving up portions of their paycheck uh, for for benefits that they won't see until years down the road, mm-hmm. um, and and so. Uh, where, where other folks will come in and they, they won't even know the struggle that went on, you know, back 15, 20 years ago when they started that union. And they'll just enjoy these great benefits and days off and great health care plans and pension <laughs> plans and, you know, and things like that. And and, and just talk, talk about what a great job they've got and how they're a member of the union and we're going to the bar, uh, you know, and it's just, um, you know, uh, it, it is uh, it's admirable what they've done for each other. And, uh, you know, and I, 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 I gotta say, you know, all, all respect to the clergy folks, but you know, fellas, if y'all think, and, and ladies, I assume too, if you think you, you're, you're right and, and you're still fighting for the damn thing, fight on, uh, fight mm-hmm. on, fight on and do what you need to do. Get your, get that, make, make them do what they need to do. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, that's me. All right. That's uh right wing nut time. Uh, all we're right. going for, we're going for a two for, uh, all right. We got it too. We got we got a two week special for you back on the right wing nuts. Uh, it's a yeah. Ron DeSantis because he is an asshole. Okay, uh, <laughs> an asshole of the first degree. Uh, he mm. is uh, under our pardons and parole system. He would be a lifetime uh, asshole felon. So, um, I, I mean, what this clown mm. is, is doing um, in in Florida and and the story of new college, uh, down there that I, it, for, if you're unfamiliar, a uh, new college is a small, very small public institution in Florida that has prided itself for years on it, on its inclusivity. Uh, it started back in, I believe the seventies, uh, and it's whole, whole thing. The whole thing about it was its mm-hmm. inclusivity. It offered uh, programs, uh, to minorities and to uh, other people, and, and now it's a uh, it's a big LGBTQ uh, campus. Uh, they are all about inclusion and diversity. They're they're still small. I think it's like seven hundred or so students. Um, so not not a big place. Uh, it has become because when you're small, you're an easy target for a bully. Okay, mm-hmm. and and that's what this college is. They don't have a lot of. A uh, 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 big time, well known grads. They you know a lot of uh, people pushing and, and giving money and things like that. Donors and uh, people on the board with great standing. Uh, they don't have a lot of those people, and so they become an easy target for an asshole. Okay, and and that's exactly what Ron DeSantis has decided to do because now he is attacking this group of people uh, and and this college and and essentially. Forcing it into a 180 by uh, by putting new members on the board, including the jackass that came up with the CRT nonsense, um, and uh, the guy that runs Hillsdale College from Tennessee that you know, was trying to get all the charter schools in Tennessee. Uh, he's put them on the board to uh, to to start turning this thing the other direction and turning it into some sort of a Christian school, mm-hmm. and. Um, and, and you know, in the first board meeting the other day, they 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 booted the president, uh, and they started. They've they've raised uh, they or DeSantis uh, has given them fifteen million dollars to hire new faculty uh, at the, at the college. Um, and uh, it's it, it's atrocious. Mm-hmm. It is a, a a thousand percent atrocious. What what he's done 
And in that first meeting, the CRT guy um, started on some rant about how uh, inclusivity and diversity are actually very divisive concepts. Very yeah, that's utterly ridiculous. Utterly, it's 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 divisive only if you are ignorant about or in denial about history. If you know anything about history, then I don't know how you could have a problem with inclusivity, um, or or maybe you just don't care about history. Maybe that's you just. You're such a white supremacist or you're such a yeah. racist that you just don't care about history. Um, but, yeah, you're right. He's trying to he's trying to flip this school. And you're right. They don't have the uh, they don't have the resources or, or perhaps the um, the alumni backing to mm-hmm. put on a good fight. But let's also remember that this is the same governor who took on Disney. Yep. So I don't I mean, I agree with you that he's a bully, Josh, but I think he just thinks that anytime he's in the room, he's the biggest, baddest, you know, so and so in there. And I don't think he cares who he in fact, I think he relishes. I think he actually relishes being in the position of picking fights. And I don't think he cares about the size of the entity. He just cares about how does this further position him to be uh the republican party's uh next you know presidential nominee yeah i think i think you're right to a large degree although i think that what he weighs every single time is the political advantage of whatever it is he's doing Mm -hmm. and um and and in in these cases where he loves to pick these fights you're right about that uh disney uh, was yes, it's a large entity, and they they have they you know they make federal donations and they you know donate to campaigns and they do certain things, but they are also uh, secluded from the inner workings of state politics on a lot of levels. Uh, you know, while while they're they're a big member of the state and they they have some they have some pull, they're not like a university which has a board of trustees that is often made up of some of the big, biggest political players in your state. Right. So you'll note that he's not going after. Florida State University or the University of Florida or Miami, you notice, you know, even though those institutions have historically been, you know, almost as liberal, you would say, as New College uh, and and teach a lot of the CRT courses uh, that you're talking about. But, you know, he's not. He's not picking that fight. He's not really going after well, their board of trustees. He may be you know? working. He may be working up to that. Uh, he may be, but I would I would guess that there those universities' boards of trustees are a lot like the universities in Alabama, where hmm. yeah, you you mess with Auburn and you mess with Alabama, and they're that's the reason why they there's not a lot of messing with them because you mess with them, and as the kids say, you fuck around, you find out uh, real hmm. fast. Uh, you Is know, that the what the kids are saying these days? The kids do say this. Uh, oh, the kids okay. do say this. I uh, heard I've that. heard. Okay. Um, but and, and it could be that they said it several years ago, and I'm just now finding out about it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I don't know. Maybe the kids are now adults. Uh, but uh, I'm guessing that's the reason why you don't see you, you see these vague references to CRT and how they're going to look into all of these colleges about what they're doing and this and that or whatever. But you don't see them pulling guys off the board or putting new people on the board like he's done at New College and trying to go directly after them and, and dictate to them what they're going to teach and how they're going to teach it um, like they're doing at New College. And there's reasons for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's, uh, you know, and, and he's a, uh, a politically calculating guy 
Uh, I can give him credit for that, but he's also an asshole. And, uh, and he's also our right wing note of the week two times in a row. So uh, <laughs> there you go. You know, uh, and I don't think he'll be successful outside of the state of Florida. That's just me. He got annihilated uh, by Charlie Crist, of all people, during a debate. And yeah. I don't think he can stand up to somebody in a fair fight actually challenging him on the stage. And if you put that man on the stage with Donald Trump, Donald Trump would destroy him. I guarantee he would destroy DeSantis. And I don't like Donald Trump at all, but yeah. he would destroy that dude. Well, based on Trump's performance uh, last cycle, I would say yes. But I would also think say a lot has changed since then. So I, I'm not 100% convinced that, that Trump is nearly as formidable uh, as a candidate or even as a debater. I don't, uh, I'm not saying candidate. I, I think... I just think as a debater, uh, mm. and if you put him on a debate stage and, and you let Trump do what Trump does on a debate stage and and then DeSantis try to fight back, it would be it would be a disaster for DeSantis. Mm-hmm. He will. He, there's no way he, he would debate. Zero mm. chance. So, all right. That's uh, we gave a uh, we gave our, uh, our our guy a solid 40 spot there. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, let's slide out of here uh, as yeah. an extra show for you for free so uh, <laughs> we're going to slide out of here until next week you guys be safe out there peace <laughs>